Hi, this is Justin. And I'm John. And this is the Pod Particle. If you like things and stuff, you're in the right place. Welcome. Three, two, one, go. Hey, John. Hey, Justin. How are you? I'm good. Um, hi, listeners. Um, today's episode will be about mental health. Um, we're going to cover quite a bit, and there's obviously a lot of different components, a lot of different... Um, variables to mental health and even just like like depression for example it's very complex there's mer- many different types of depression and then there's many different uh, avenues to go and try to treat um, I don't want to really say cure because we don't know everything about it yet and we mm. isn't you know scientists doctors stuff like that yeah, not not scientists, you and I. Me, you. yeah I, I know everything about it but they're still catching up yeah, but anyway yeah it's gonna be this is gonna be probably one of our most important um, episodes uh one that you and i have both been pretty excited to hit Mm because we have quite a bit to to talk about yeah um before we get started i want to hit our our advertisement um ian flug and it's it's pronounced flug but it's actually spelled p-f-l-u-g if you are in the illinois or springfield illinois area um he is a chiropractor uh dr flug specializes in sports performance however and mobility and basically making you a better athlete whether you are you know a high school volleyball player whether you just like to lift weights go running um, and you want to perform better or i should say and or you have aches pains you have issues and you're like squatting and your knees hurt all the time and you thought oh man that's just part of the part of the prop or part of the thing um no actually it might be a problem and he might be able to fix it um, that is just one of many different examples, but um, check out Flug Family Chiropractic. Um, it's pfam. I'm sorry, pfamchiro.com. P-F-A-M-C-H-I-R-O.com. If you'd like more information, thank you. Um, John, mental health. Yes. Um, what is mental health? <laughs> what is mental health? What a, what a redundant, stupid question that was. Right, yeah, no, that's, that's why I asked. Oh, thank that's you. Why I was just checking, making sure that you were going to answer it correctly and not give me some BS definition. Um, what are we going to cover today? We're going to cover addiction. We're going to cover depression, anxiety, stress. Uh, we're going to come, we're go over uh, solutions, mm-hmm. um, treatments, what we're doing now, what's talked about frequently um, with you know professionals and, and those uh, specific fields. And... Uh, you know, at the end, probably throughout the whole episode, let's be honest, we're going to give our little, give our input, our opinions, opinions. about certain things, you yes. know. And um, like it's been said before, um, or at least it's been said in my head, that, you know, our opinions you on... I have a, a mental health problem. That's <laughs> <the case. laughs> you know, at least one. Um, <laughs> whatever our opinions are, um, if we have them, they're not too cemented, you know, especially going off the bias uh, effect episode. Unless you're a professional, and even then... Um, Opinions should be able to change. You should be very open-minded. Yeah. So keep that in mind. If we say something that you're like, I don't agree with that, then let us know. Type us uh, up an email, um, something of that nature. And if, if you got, if you have some good information, write a Yelp review. Yes. Oh, you yes. better give me one star though. And by one, I mean five. If yeah. you give me one, I will find you like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back or Dogma or whatever the movie was, and I will beat you up. <laughs> <laughs> Again, kidding. Um, let's. What do you want to hit first? Addiction, depression, depression kind of I mean, we were, coincides we were with just almost kind of, anything. Yeah. I mean, I like talking about depression in general. This is the main focus yeah. for a lot of it, in my yeah. opinion. And I don't want, really want to dive into too much of like the delineation of the different types of depression because there's like a yeah. stress and anxiety type, you know, things like that. Um, I don't want to say a lot of it's self-explanatory. I just don't want to spend three hours. Again, we're not Joe Rogan podcast, so no. I'd like to condense it down to around an hour if possible, <laughs> right? Um, so the main point I want to get across, I know you and I, we don't have like, we don't have a debate going on or anything like that, but we both want to cover this different ways, which mm-hmm. is nice. But the main thing I want to do is um, it, it kind of it kind of correlates to my, my whole outlook on... Uh, social media on definitely politics which we haven't got into yet and just a lot of different like complex issues um what we often do uh politics is a great way a great example right so if i'm a republican if i'm a hardcore right-wing republican conservative whatever you want you know and i want to stress my opinion about something what do i usually do well 
the Democrats have it all wrong. They're doing this, and this is stupid. They're stupid for doing this. We do this, and it's, it's just too easy. It, it's always an oversimplification. Um, we do that a lot with, I mean, with almost everything, but especially when it comes to people that have different mental health issues, whether it's something kind of subtle, but it is somewhat of an issue or affecting your life, or it's an, 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 a legitimate disorder. Yeah. You know, um, there, there's crazy ranges, you know, and, and everybody, I believe, everybody has some type of issue. No one's perfect. Even if you think of that perfect person you see on Facebook every day and their, per- their perfect life with the perfect kid, perfect wife, perfect everything, job, that person still has issues, okay? He may be able to mask them better. They might not be as severe as others, and um, he might be able to deal with them better, but everybody has problems, okay? So this is, a, this is an episode that everybody can somewhat relate to and hopefully learn something from. Um, anyway, talk to me about, um, you were just telling me, boy, like, half an hour ago about that situation, that, that story you had about your friend. Um, what, what are we going to name your friend? Uh, Karen. Karen. Okay. <laughs> Karen K. Karen. Yes. Uh, that, 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 again, that, that sounds made up. Um, it very well might be, but we'll find out. <laughs> I don't think we'll find out. <laughs> or maybe we just did find out. <clears throat> Tell me about Karen, John. Jonathan. I'm sorry. Well, Karen, um, she, you know, let's, I'm going to make her the first part of her story pretty short because there's actually a long story there, but um, you know, she got involved with somebody um, that was married and then um, moved across state lines for, for to be in that relationship. That relationship ended up, you know, they getting a, like she was a mistress kind of person and then he got divorced from his wife and then it had a domino effect of, of things just going wrong. <clears throat> did, she, did she know that he was mar- married? I'm pretty sure she found out after their, their initial meet, but I didn't think she knew That's at the time. That's always the best way to find out. Yeah, it's the best. Go ahead. It's the best. Um, <laughs> and and eventually, you know, years down the road, just to make this story short, you know, they he dealt with financial instability. She supported him, um, but it got to the point where where he cheated on her as well, and and she moved back to her hometown and. Um, you know, started trying to change up things that she was doing to make herself feel better. She was feeling depressed. She was feeling bad about herself. So she started going to the gym. Was looking for a job. Was looking for a place to live. Was doing. Was going out and having a social life. Going out and drinking with her friends that she would meet in town or her family. Um, drinking does always make everything. Oh better. yeah, drinking. That's that's the recommendation for me. I'm not a psychiatrist, but if you need to cure depression, I heard I heard Jose Cuervo is pretty good. For okay. That. Yeah. Hold up. Uh, let me just write that down. Okay. Is that with an H? It could be. <laughs> okay. I'm, I don't pay it. To, I don't drink that stuff. That's that's not for me. Um, so she was doing all these things, and that's kind of you know a good avenue to take when you are feeling depressed is to try to find things that make you productive and things you can do for yourself yeah. to be productive. But unfortunately, life events kept piling on for her, and then she started retracting from doing those things. She stopped going to the gym. She stopped having a social life. Um, um, she didn't like her job after she got her first job, and now she's she was looking for a new one, but now she's stopped. Um, she's just kind of given up, and as she's doing these things, it's not like any of these things are helping. It's making it worse. Um, and my recommend- recommendation for her was go look for a passion project. Go look for something to do. Go look for an- another yeah, hobby. Brilliant. Go look for something mm-hmm. that... Even if you don't know, even if you're not passionate about something, just go try to find what that is going to be. Yeah, you hit you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said, like, I was like, oh, just find out what your hobbies are and go do them. But you're like, not everyone has a hobby. And then I said, not everyone who has a hobby is, uh, you know, that hobby may not be great. You yeah. know, if my hobby is just playing video games, yeah, uh, you're not really going to get out and explore the world. I mean, you can. You can do, you can go to events or... I don't know, they got virtual reality now. So yeah, but, you know... It, it, it's not a, it's everything almost everything's easier said than done yeah but that doesn't mean you should give up yeah that story right there um is beautiful because it hits a few points that I, it, it it brings up a few points that i want to hit mm-hmm. okay the first thing is relying on someone else for your happiness we all know that's not good to do but we a lot of people do it yeah. whether you realize it or not again easier said than done 
we like to talk about things like, yeah, I know that's the case or yeah, I know that. But then we actually don't do those things or we do the exact, you know, we, we contradict, our, contradict ourselves daily. So relying on someone or something else often isn't good. Yeah. Even if that someone or something else does well for us, it's still not going to be the end all. You know, you can't do that. You can't live a successful life like that, right? Yeah, you can't revolve your entire life around this one person because then what happens if something goes wrong with that? Now you've just dedicated yeah. your entire life to one person. You have yeah, nothing for yourself. You're almost setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. And even if it's not setting yourself up for failure, like that that guy ended up cheating on her. I mean, someone outside the bubble could have probably seen that coming. Yeah. Um, still, it, you're, you're still not, it's still not the exact route to go. Yeah. You shouldn't rely on someone else. You know, they always say there's like those phrases like, you can't love anybody until you love yourself. Yeah, well, there is some truth to that. You know, it's not just hippie talk. Yeah, I think a lot of people, a lot of people rely on relationships and romantic partners for validation for themselves. Yeah. And then they end up realizing, well, that's probably not healthy. Like, you probably need to validate yourself. And if you can't get self-validation, then try to find it somewhere else. Yeah. If, if it's, that's an external thing. That's not something that's, there's no permanence there. You are always going to be you. You are always going to be yourself. So especially if you don't, you don't have that much of a social life, or yeah. you're. We've all had those those friends, or once they get in a relationship, they're just like they disappear for as long as that relationship goes yeah. on. Um, so it, it's hard to fall back sometimes. And if you don't have a social life, if you don't have that mainstream, you know, life going on, other than your relationship or whoever you're spending so much time and, and involvement with and and re, re, reliance on. You know that could that could take you back, but um, to let's let's keep going though. It's not just relying on someone else. Uh, another way of thinking is relying on material materialistic things, or you know, kind of going off our social media episode. Mm-hmm. But it's not just social media; it's it's many things. You know, um, we rely on. Um, it doesn't have to be things that aren't real life, like social media, video games, you know, online dating, whatever it is. I mean, and some of those things can read. Uh, can lead to real life situations or scenarios, but um, we often kind of get pigeonholed into like, this is what I do now. That I, I play video games, and some people like they can't get the social life they want. Therefore, they turn to video games, online, you know, lives, uh, Facebook, um, stuff like that. But now, nowadays, and not just nowadays, but recently, it's it's been a trend to where we are not only just replacing because we can't get those things, but we are actually replacing because we'd rather do those things. Yeah, um, I'm guilty of it too. There's sometimes where, like last night, my my wife uh, wanted to go out um, with a bunch of her friends. I knew some of the guys and girls there too, so it's not like I was going to be bored because I didn't know anybody. And uh, I didn't say it to her, but in my head, I'm like, man. Wouldn't it be cool if she went out with her friend and I got to stay and watch Netflix and like <laughs> watch Netflix like Netflix is a show, but watch shows and TV on, on, yeah, Netflix. on Netflix. Yeah, but play a game or whatever. The the uh, my son was at his grandparents' house. She would be out, and I started like thinking up like all these cool things that I could do when I'm home alone and just relax. And I was tired and I didn't want to go out, so now I'm like replacing. And that, that's just maybe more of a lazy thing, but there's 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 a lot of circumstances where you're like, oh, I got to play this video game with these friends online at this specific time. I can't go out and, you know, be a functioning member of society or, you know, you're, you're starting to replace them whether whether you have that option in the real world or not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, like, uh, for instance, with me and social anxiety, you know, that'd be that'd be things I'd be doing the same thing. Like, uh oh, I don't want to go out and do that because then I might get embarrassed. I might, you know, I might make a fool of myself if I go out with my with potential yeah. friends or potential strangers that could be friends. You're just not doing it because you're, you're, you're getting all these excuses of why you can't do something. And you you're, just, telling, you're telling yourself in your head, yeah. you know. You just keep going down that road of like, well, then that, even if somebody countered you, well, you're not going to make friends if you don't go out and socialize. Well, I don't want to maybe embarrassed when they reject me well you're just gonna have to go through some rejection to get friends but i don't want to do you just you just lead yourself down a line of negative thought yeah. that you will just sit and stagnate and sit in that same spot forever there's a lot of factors to that like mine last night was probably mostly being laziness yours could be a, a sort of like you said social anxiety mm-hmm. and there's probably others that we're not hitting but those are just two examples so those are like the main reasons Maybe not the main reasons. Maybe there's a more underlying reason that we just aren't conscious of. But 
and then we, we, we play off of that. We, the little voices in our head are like, oh, you could do this, though. Look, listen to all these things that you could do instead of that. And this, this, this won't happen if you just stay home, you know. But um, what, what I also want to talk about is the link uh, or lack thereof, <laughs> a link between, you know, a physical state and a mental state, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, um, you, you know, in the 50s, around the 50s is when we started really getting into neurology or neuroscience and really figuring out the brain. <clears throat> because before we, we got, you know, before we knew what we knew now, people would have looked at you crazy and said emotions come from the brain. They would have said it came from the soul. Yeah. You know, I feel emotions in my stomach. How dare you say it comes from my brain, you <laughs> idiot. But now we know that. And it took a while for people to accept, and now we just accept it. Think about that when, when you talk about depression, when you talk about stress, anxiety, when you talk about emotions, you know. People may realize it when you sit down and talk to them and provide them some facts, but that's not how they think about things. That's not what their intuition tells them, you know, often. Not everybody. So, you know, you, you've heard everybody say, oh, you're depressed? Why don't you go exercise? Why don't you try eating healthy? Why don't you, you know regulate your sleep better why don't you actually try sleeping for seven plus hours a night you know and with sleep i I think that's always that what is it the chicken the eggs scenario to where it's like well sometimes when you get stressed or depressed you you miss out on sleep you know and you can't sleep without pills and i understand that but or alternatively you sleep too much okay yeah yeah i haven't heard that one as much but it's usually like lack of sleep yeah oh no you know what i have i know what you're talking about now you just sleep all day because you're depressed and you don't want to do anything yeah i get it but yeah um so i'm 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 understanding those those points as well, but what I'm getting at is, um, one, there's a lot of physical things you can do that will help your mental well-being. Uh, I just listed three, sleep, exercise, and a correct diet, and a lot of people don't know what a correct diet is, and it's kind of hard to find because there's fad diets being <laughs> thrown in your face 24-7, or the opposite, McDonald's ads being thrown in your face, which is you know not considered a diet. I mean, it could be considered, but... You know, not a weight loss diet. No, not at all. <laughs> but um, so there is a. a I don't want. I don't want to get into figgle, uh, physicalism or determinism kind of thing or anything like that. But what I want to do is just talk about the the, you know how how these physical things you can do can help your mental well being. So number two, there are mental things that you can do, technically speaking, that can help your mental well being as well. So just as like with the physical side, if you if you need water, you need food, clothes shelter you know those are the just necessities that you need to to survive you know um there are mental uh things that you need as well whether it be you need to have a purpose you need someone to love you or at least like you you need to feel like you belong Mm -hmm. you know some of it is you need to be in control of something yeah don't think that uh, uh, you know as like a power power hungry kind of thing but um there, there's, you know, a lot of examples, and this is backed by a lot of statistics on, you know, if you've ever gone to your job and you're just unhappy, your boss is kind of a dick, um, you don't have much say or input, you, you kind of just, you're there nine to five and you get told what to do and you sit on your computer and half the time you're just dozing off and waiting for that 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. or whatever the time you get off, um, and, and that's it. You know, you have little control. That's taken up a huge part of our lives. So if you're not happy doing th- those things, if you don't have much control, you can be very unhappy. I mean, that's, that's not very hard to accept, right? Yeah, no, I, I actually have an example at, at my job. You know, I, I work at a bank and I, I'm in charge of a certain task. And um, you probably feel better when you're in charge of something. Yes, because actually I made an error in my task and the threat I had from my boss was, if you keep messing this up or you mess this up again like this, I'm going to take your task away. And my, my reaction was like, don't take this away. And I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, well, I want to be lazy. I just want to collect a paycheck almost. Why, why should yeah, I why, care? Why should it go if I'm not Go ahead. Take it away from me. I don't yeah. care. And it's like, wait a second. No. Yeah. Like, and, and you see it a lot of the times. And probably if you're listening, um, you've, you've felt that way. I've, I've seen a lot of people have like, let's not to be mean, but like BS jobs. Mm-hmm. And they get some task and they're, and they're like, Aesthetic. They, they, they're not aesthetic. They don't say, oh, my God, I have to do this. I'm so happy. But they, it, like, goes to their head almost. If you've yeah. all, ever watched The Office when uh, 
Michael Scott, is that his name? Yeah, yeah. Dwight. <laughs> Anything to do, he takes it super serious. But it, it, that works in real life, too. Like the Hopefully fire marshal thing where he lights the doorknobs on fire. And yes, well, that wasn't a task. Well, was it a task? But he kind of just he was in charge ran with that. But <laughs> when, when he told uh, Dwight to, like, figure out who has to come in on the weekend and work, and he had that big, like, he brought that... Uh, marker or that board around he's like who do i have to who am i going to pick and he flips his tie around his shoulder and he's like jim you know and he's like wow this is the the smallest amount of power that's ever gone to someone's head or you know that's what uh jim said but anyway people you see people that get tasked with something and they're excited and another example not so like not coinciding with that too much but you get an example of uh you know let's say a, a guy owns a bike shop and he has two employees and you're one of those employees you realize you're doing all the customer service you're fixing the bikes but why is this guy sitting in the back you know office who owns all this making way more money than we are so you and maybe that other person you work with you go open your own bike shop now you're in control you're making more money now I get with with opening a business especially in you know Illinois if, if you live in Illinois and you're listening it's gonna you know could be stressful but if you think about it from the control standpoint, you're probably going to be happier. You have more freedoms. You have more creative potential. You know, you can do what you want, and that's freeing to a lot of people. And a lot of the things we just talked about helps with uh, with mentality. And what a lot of people don't understand is when you think antidepressants, when you think treatment, when you you know things of that nature with any mental health issue, depression, anxiety, anything like that, we often think of what pills. Yeah, go take therapy. a Zoloft, go take a, a Xanax. Yeah, and not saying, like, pills do serve a purpose, but they're not a cure. Yeah. You know, and, and even then, like, you start, like, say you have depression and you take, uh, you know, a antidepressant for it, What what's the end result? Like, you take it forever? And even then, like, eventually you have to up your dose. Like, a lot of the times you start having to up your dose until you finally get to the max dose and you realize, hopefully you realize eventually, like, okay, this isn't working. You know, that's just kind of like a short-term thing while, while you're supposed to be doing other things. Getting out into the world, making friends, connecting with people, doing things that make you happy, finding a hobby or, or doing your hobby, you know, consistently. Um, being part of a group, civic or organizations, um, exercising, trying to eat healthy, trying to sleep, you know, regularly. Those things help. Those things can can change and and i think the problem one is yeah a lot of us are lazy let's be honest you know we want quick fixes right oh you're depressed here's a pill oh shit yeah i'll take a pill for that and it will work for a little bit cool that was easy yeah but the the hard the hard fact is all right you're depressed well let's let's uncover what your needs are oh you're you're going to work all day then you're coming home eating and then playing video games all night you're not really getting a lot of like authentic, not authentic, but like real contact with, with other people. Mm -hmm. You're not, you know, and that's like evolutionary, like speaking, that's what we were like, you know, we were all trying to be part of a tribe. Now back then it was so we didn't die. Yeah. But I mean, that's still embedded in our genetics, DNA, whatever the hell you want to talk yeah. about. But, um, you know, those needs are more and more like not being met in today's society. And, I don't want to blame anything. I'm not going to blame social media. I'm not going to blame TV. I'm not going to blame all these other avenues that we can take now. No, it's it's still people. I mean, we still have the, the, the choices um, or the choice to make whether we do one thing or the other. But we, we often take the lazy approach and take the easiest approach. So we were talking earlier about how um, you can link this with uh, a diet. Mm -hmm. If someone's overweight, obese, and they have been for a while, what are they going to turn to? One, getting a personal trainer, seeing that trainer three to four times a week, completely changing their diet every day forever. Yeah. You know, not getting on a fad diet, but actually just eating healthy. There's a big difference sometimes. Um, but yeah, diet exercise routine that's completely different from what they're used to. Probably a different sleep regimen because it's going to, you know, you're going to have to wake up early to go work out or stay up a little later to work out after work, whatever you're, whatever you're into. Or take a freaking weight loss pill and cross your fingers and hope for the best or, or something around the, along those lines. Do a quick three week diet that's supposed to lose 30 pounds and then you'll be good. Yeah. Get that electric thing you attach to your abs and shocks your abs. So you're going to get that six pack. That actually is a hundred percent. Um, that's that, that works. 
I don't know about that. Awkward pause. No, yeah, that's well, awkward because I, I trust you. You're a smart yeah. man. Like, <laughs> I, did give you, I gave you that face, right? Yeah. But anyway, a lot of people choose the second. And even if you're like, no, no, you got to work out to exercise. Yeah, but the, a lot of people like, they they look for a quick quick results. Like, oh man, there's a weight loss program. It only takes three weeks. It's like, dude, you got to work out like all the time. You know, I, I guess you don't have to technically, but if you want to lose weight and like, I don't know, like keep it all. These aren't quick fixes. These aren't like a quick three week, four week, ten week diet or exercise program. No. You, you have to just slowly change and adapt to a new lifestyle, period. Yeah. And it takes around 30 days to like develop a pattern or, or a, adapt to something. So those first 30 days are the hardest. You can, you can connect that with, with working out, getting in shape, losing weight, gaining muscle, whatever the hell you're, you're into. You can also connect that with, with mental issues as well. And I'm not saying it's as <laughs> easy to fix depression as it is to lose weight yeah. whatsoever. Please don't say that. Um, but honestly though, there's a lot of people that, that have issues and they're not going at it with different, like different avenues. Yeah. There are different avenues. I was just, I was literally just about to say there's different avenues to take. Like yeah, you can six just, Avenue heartache. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, you can just do that. There's people who just aren't taking the paths they're supposed to take or not supposed to take, but they're just or, not, they're, they're actively avoiding it and looking for, like you say, like I like the analogy with the diet stuff. Like I'm gonna take yeah, it's the easiest thing. I'm gonna take hydroxy cut, or I'm gonna take I'm gonna take um, Zoloft, and then Zoloft's gonna solve my depression. I'm gonna go back to work, and I'm not gonna sleep all day and be sad and low. Yeah, low it's being. gonna fix everything. Yeah. We 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 sometimes try to try to mask it or treat it with one thing, like a pill. Yeah. Or we we do some, if you look at it from the outside, some crazy unrealistic thing. And, and it's always short term. I feel like it, everything's short term. Like, short term is in like, oh, I can do this, and within this amount of time, it'll get better. Yeah. When the reality is, no, it's long term, and it's going to be hard, and you got to be consistent. And if you do that for long enough, you'll start to feel better. There will never be a day where you're just like, bam, this is it. I am no longer depressed. I am. I no longer have anxiety. And you may always have it, or always have to deal with certain circumstances. Just like if you lose weight, you can always gain it back. So like if or you lose weight and you're just going to gain it back with it, like you, you take a year and you lose 50 pounds and then it takes you two months to gain it back. Like what was the point? You just wasted 14 months yeah. of your life. It's almost like an addiction as well. Yeah. It's like so it's relapse. a lifestyle change, lifestyle change. And I think that can work with, with very many issues. It may be harder for certain issues. Like I think if you're depressed, if you have like high stress, anxiety, all kinds of stuff, we're just generalizing those things. But there's a ton of other things. We just don't have a lot of time to talk about it all. Oh, but yeah. Like, if you take multiple avenue approaches to those things and you stick with it consistently, eventually you will start to feel better, you know? And, and you, you brought up a great point. We don't want to oversimplify. Like, that's not oversimplifying. What, what a lot of people do is oversimplifying with just a pill mm. or a quick solution or thinking you're taking something that's curing, but it's just masking symptoms, right? But... Um, oversimplifying some might think that we're doing it just how we're talking about it like it's easier said than done yeah you can do all this stuff but it's unrealistic I have a job I work you know 50 60 hours a week um, you don't know what it's like you're not severely depressed it's different your motivation levels are different you're you know you have different dopamine or serotonin levels and it's there's it's more complex than you're actually thinking I, I concede that absolutely um, I'm someone who's studied this a lot, who's researched this a lot, but um, I, I don't have a severe mental health issue. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I could sound a little bit, I could have a little bit of naivety going on. However, it's not a poor way to think about it, though. It's not a poor suggestion. Suggestion, Hey, if you're depressed, come up with a solution. Figure out what, what we can do to help. Figure out, like, go work out. Go eat healthy. Go talk to someone. Go be involved in something. If you don't have a hobby, freaking find one, you know? It's not too hard to get online and figure out something that, that seems, like, fun. Yeah. Or you don't have to have a specific hobby. Go try something new every week. Do something. And what you said was beautiful. You were one of those people that, like, it was hard for you to get out of the house. Mm -hmm. So um, I'd like for you to talk me through that process and what finally got you out. And I know two of the biggest things for you is, like, getting out in the dating world and, and um, MMA. Yeah, uh, you hit it a little bit, so we don't have to get into too much detail. Yeah, but I, I would really like to see what what changed, what got you out the door. 
Well, I mean, yeah. I, I was seeing a therapist that helped me realize some stuff. So that that was a good thing where they came up, you know, but they went into was was, uh, you know, a lot of therapists. It seems like they just generally do talk therapy. And how does they that just, make you feel? Yeah. How does that make you feel? How do you, what do you feel about that? And it's just like they'll <laughs> just lead. Time. Yeah, they'll. they'll oh, all right, thanks for the thanks for my paycheck. And then you'll just run out the door and you'll be like, all right, I'll see you in two weeks. Whereas my therapist and there are therapists out there like this are more solution based. Um, they, they want to solve the issue. Now they will still do the talk therapy if you need to vent some frustrations, but eventually they'll come to a point where they want to have a epiphany moment or, or a fork in the road. Now you can choose to dismiss what they say and keep going down that path of, of depression or anxiety, whatever that, that problem is. I feel like a lot of people do that too. Or at the, at the time they're like, oh man, this makes sense, I'm gonna do that do this and they get home and then they don't yeah they're like oh i'll do this yeah here's thanks for the pamphlets and then just throw the pamphlets in the trash and not even pay attention to it but mm -hmm. but she like there's there's other people that if you take that fork in the road and it's not easy it's not an easy fork yeah like, so she it, pisses you off sometimes. yeah yeah she literally pisses me off um i forget what she said the other day but it, there's a long backstory but basically it took a long time for me to get out of my dad's house my dad's house you know he was a hoarder and it was just it was it was a pain to live in um, and it was easy to just play video games all day, go to sleep, and go to work, and just repeat this process over and over again. So what she had said to me after I kept naysaying every f suggestion she put forth, you know, okay, you're depressed, you don't have a girlfriend, well, go get a social life, go do this, go yeah. all, do all these things. And I'm just like, well, I can't do that because of this, I can't do that. Going back to what we said in the beginning, yeah, like we start just, you making just, excuses. Yeah, you're making excuses post -talk to not rationalizing yeah. here. And eventually she got to the point where she said something that. You know, some people might consider mean, and it was kind of a little um, mean-hearted. I wouldn't say mean-hearted. It, it didn't come from a bad place, but it came from a place of, hey, you got to realize. It was just blunt. Yeah, it was very blunt. And her, her, what she said was, well, why don't you just quit your job and just move back with your dad and just stay there? And I was just, I got so mad. But at the same time, I realized, that's right. I can't just stop complaining. Not that not that my problems aren't real and they're not worthy of talking about or or anything like that, but you can't get stuck in that negative thought. You've got to go pursue something, and eventually, you know, I, I was like, okay, okay, I'll, I'll go on another date. I'll keep dating. You know, I I got rejected by this person, rejected by this person, and I kept dating. And now, like, I'm having way more success because I just kept trying and kept pursuing an avenue. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't give up, and I didn't. I didn't just once once one failure happened I didn't just stop yeah two things one she probably wasn't following the formula before she said those things that hurt you or pissed you off mm -hmm. she didn't say with all due respect okay there's yeah. the first problem my, right, my we, bad. We, yeah we figured no that offense out. or anything but give me her number I'll, I'll you know fix it yeah um, <laughs> two that kind of goes off to what uh, goes off of what we were talking about earlier we we get we get tunnel visioned into this will fix it this relationship will fix it. This thing will fix it. And then if or when those things fall apart, however long it takes, then we kind of get, it's, you know, um, upset. We kind of like just give up. It's easier to give up hope when we, when we attach ourselves to one thing or one person, mm -hmm. right? Um, I'd like to go off of that now and kind of what I said earlier, you know, we often like, turn a semantical or definitional differentiation between uh, ment mentality and I don't want to say physicalism but just the physical world we often like yeah it's semantics like oh no I get that it's not the same but we often don't actually realize in our head or our intuition doesn't explain that they're they're the same thing you know going continuing off that though um I, I want to get into addiction now with that. Um, back in the, I think it was the 1920s, don't quote me, boy, I ain't said shit. Um, the <laughs> 1920s, um, they did a, a scientist or doctor or a philanthropist, I don't know, something like that, <laughs> did, a, did a study. They put a rat in a cage, and they laced one water bottle with cocaine or heroin, or maybe both. You know, that would be cool. Um, and then another one which is actual water. What do you think happened? The, the rat or the mouse, whatever the hell, um, drank a little bit of both, eventually drank more of the heroin-laced water or 
cocaine, whatever, and ended up dying, right? Sorry to all you vegans out there that just got heartbroken. That was in the 20s. But I ate that rat afterwards. <laughs> um, so that right there, uh, among other research, people were saying, you know, these these drugs, are they have hooks in them, and they, they just, they're so addicted. And, and a lot of people would assume you could grab a hundred random people off the street from different backgrounds, different everything, and you get them on heroin, you get them on cocaine for a few days or a couple weeks, they're all going to be addicted. Just equally addicted. Not until, man, 40 plus years later, no, no, I'm sorry, 50 years later, like in the 60s or the 70s, did someone finally like, hey, wait a minute, what was that rat doing? Or what was that mouse doing, you know? It was just a cage and two water bottles. Think about it. If that were a human, like, yeah, I'm going to do drugs. What else is there to do? You know, otherwise I'm just sitting here staring at myself or talking to myself, you know, um, isolation is horrible. Yeah. You know, so of course we're going to do something that messes our brains up and have a little fun. And <laughs> you know, if we die, we die. Let's get high. So what they did is they did this, a similar study, but instead of putting them in just some open cage, they put them in with other rats full of like cheese and balls and wheels and it was basically like a rat paradise okay um and they put the same drugs in there one laced with whatever drug one with water and they they did a couple studies it's not like they just did one and went oh. <laughs> um it's all been revealed you can you can guess what happened right they they tried both and they just went with the regular water why it's because these things that we we're talking about earlier actually matter and addiction, what we've learned about addiction, although yes, there are chemical hooks, if that if that's the right term. Physiological hooks, yeah. No, yeah. no chemical. I mean, like there's something, there's things in the drugs that that, you know, that. Yeah. Okay. Um, that is a real thing. However, I don't think it's as strong as some people think, and I think it takes a, a long time for people to get that uh, addicted to where you see it, like on the TV shows and in the movies, yeah. where you know they're under the eyes look freaking purple and they're just itching at their arm and that's all they think about yeah and that's where you go into the dopamine or serotonin where th their levels are just so their levels have been jacked up like dopamine levels have been jacked up so high from taking this drug so much over such a long period of time to now it's like i don't i don't know if it's correct to say permanently affected them but it's hard to get you know now these things that used to matter to you or these things that used to excite you don't mm -hmm. where if you you know were playing with your son or daughter or you enjoyed doing a like playing a sport or playing guitar now that you've been on heroin for a year or six months or whatever your dopamine levels are so screwed up to where that reward or whatever it may be is just not the same and these things just don't excite yeah you because anymore, the right? one thing was so high yeah. like literally but so going back to the oversimplification is people just think that you jump right to that point. You know, like it's just, oh, you try a drug, bam. Or you do it a couple times, bam, you're at that point. You're done. And that's what we were led to believe for so many years. And like many things, we were wrong. Sure, we weren't wrong 100%. And I'm not going to give you a certain percent, but we were pretty damn wrong. So it depends on what your life, how your life is, what mental and physical needs are being met or not being met. If they're not being met, um, you start relying on certain things, whether it be just sitting home playing video games all day and all night and not interacting with people, whether it be doing drugs, drinking alcohol, things of that nature. So we try it because our mental needs aren't being met. We stay on it because they're not, they're not a cure, obviously, just like you know, all these other things aren't cures. Antidepressants aren't cures. So we just stay on them. And then when they start start not working as much, we up the dose or we do more drugs. And then that's what starts messing the dopamine or serotonin levels. And it, I just think it takes longer. And I could be somewhat wrong, but I think it takes a lot longer to get to that addictiveness that you see in the movies or the TV shows than we would often assume, you know. So going to continue on that is the fact that if you're 
if you're relying on other things and, and then all of a sudden you, you change it and you start relying on good things, not, not so much relying, but just doing good things, exercising like you were doing. You joined an MMA gym yeah. and you got out of it more than what you were expecting. You were expecting to go in there and learn how to fight, mm-hmm. but you actually get a good workout. You were learning such in- intricate details that you didn't know you were going to learn. And then you met people that weren't like, oh, I'm going to beat someone's ass on a bar. You met like sophisticated, well, for the most part, sophisticated <laughs> adults. There, that There are that, some people that are not quite like that, but are yeah. kind of on the fence but, level. Okay. Uh, but, <laughs> um, but you met a lot of people that have lives, that mm-hmm. have families, that are you know, well-spoken and um, probably a little bit different than what you expected. I know when I started MMA, it was a lot more like the, oh, you know, yeah. see how many, how big your biceps can get and try to punch each well, other. Didn't you also have like a high school analogy for this too? Like you met some people and then like you started off one way and then your, your friends actually, like you learned way more about them than you would have before. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the same thing. Like you, you go into something expecting one thing and, and you get something different. You know, um, for what you're talking about, yeah, I, uh, uh, we'll just keep it real quick uh, or keep it simple. In high school, I had a shift of, uh, I, I started um, becoming friends with more popular kids and I, I figured, man, their lives are cool. Kind of what we were talking about earlier, that yeah. the perfect Facebook life, right? Yeah. These kids are the jocks. They're, they're the most popular kids in school. They're, they're the most popular kids in school. You know, their lives are awesome. They're, they're in big, rich houses with rich families and they must do extraordinary things every day. I befriended these people, and um, I realized their lives are just as worse as everyone else's. Yeah. You know? So that's a little bit different than what I was going off with the MMA. Like, the MMA, it's like, it was a positive thing. Yeah. But mine was more of a realization to where everybody has issues. Yeah. Every, and, you know, everybody has problems, um, whether it be family, whether it be just mental, uh, a number of things, um, self-image issues. Everybody does. No one, no one is safe. Some people handle it better. Some people are better at hiding it than others, and some people just have it worse than others. I'm, I'm definitely understanding of that. But yeah, exactly. You could link it to people that are trying to like. Have you ever had anybody like, oh, I need to get out of this town. This town is, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. If I leave, I'll be happy. Maybe they don't say it exactly like that, but we've all met someone like that. Yeah, you know, especially if you live in Illinois. Everybody's like, I'll move here and things will be great. Yeah. Right. And then what happens if that even transpires or if you like actually move? Because a lot of people just say it and they don't actually do anything about it. I mean, that happens with a lot of things. Yeah. But, um, you know, we we often set ourselves up. That kind of correlates with with finding someone to to rely on, finding something to replace real life needs. Um, We we say, oh, we're going to we're going to go here and then everything's going to be different everything's going to be better and i think it's tv shows and movies that, that do it every movie is like well most movies like happily ever ever after once this happens and oh, yeah, they left good. town and they found perfect happiness yeah yeah exactly but let's let's keep going on addiction there's one there's one thing that you mentioned that was brilliant on on how um you can't you can't just bam like that get over addiction you have to somewhat replace it yeah yeah you can't you can't break an addiction. I, I talked, I used to work at a therapist's office and I had this guy there. Um, let's call him Keith. Um, <laughs> All right, now I know that you're full of shit. That's two Keiths, and I've been, I, I only know one Keith in my entire life. I don't want to know any Keiths, personally. <laughs> um, Go ahead, sorry to throw you off. <laughs> you're good. Um, but he's, he was a, a social worker um, there that would uh, talk to me about this. He'd have free time and we'd, we'd talk, and he, one of his major things was was addiction therapy and his 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 thing was you, you cannot break an, an addictive habit you can't break it but you can replace it so so you can let's say um you're addicted to cigarettes and you've, you've been smoking your whole life and what what do a lot of people do they, they'll they'll get a patch and they'll put a patch in their arm um they'll they'll try to quit over time they might like try to wean themselves off it or, or they will um, quit cold turkey at some points. And usually what happens there is they completely relapse, almost without fail. Yeah. Without fail, they completely relapse and they're back to smoking. They, they might have a, they might go for a long time. They might, you know, go for a year. And, um, but then eventually it just, all of a sudden they start smoking again, all of a sudden they're back to their normal or maybe yeah. even worse. So they have to replace it. You know, I have a friend, I have at least one friend that will fit 
almost any one of those categories. Not so. I don't have a ton of friends that do hard drugs, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, uh, I have a, a friend that smokes cigarettes, and every time he tries to quit, he does for a while, sometimes a, a good amount of time, and then it's always something stressful happens. And then he, and he's honest. He's like, oh, I wouldn't smoke this weekend, or I smoked last night because of this. Now, I, you may be using those things as an excuse to smoke, but I think there's some, there's some realism there with stressful things make you do this you know do those things you 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 turn to those things um and then alcohol obviously you know a long time ago i dated a girl who was an alcoholic and i went to i didn't go to any aa meetings but i went to a lot of like functions and, and events and i met a lot of really really cool people to be honest i was young and naive um but uh uh i met some interesting people and one thing that i i i understood back then from like i said like an outsider's perspective is yeah exactly what you said you don't you don't just stop an addiction it's hard it's yeah. very hard especially if it's like taken part it's, it's been embedded in your life for so long that you're so reliant on it um but you have to replace it yeah. and with aa i mean you replace it with they replace it with many things i mean i couldn't tell you how many people of those or how many of those people were like smoking cigarettes all the time drinking an, an insane amount of coffee every day and and just the fact that they're or, or religion you know mm-hmm. they they turn to a religion and then they turn to the group meetings that's i mean that's probably the best thing is they're getting together and they're talking about things but but more so they're they're having a structure it's almost like an accountability but it is exactly like accountability but they're making new friends and mm-hmm. these not just new friends but friends that have the same things going on you know that's huge and if you do that and you do that consistently, I mean, that's a, that's a great program, you know, um, it's a great way to, to have a better understanding of what you're going through, have an understanding that other people are going through the same shit and just have good accountability and making more, being more interactive with people consistently. Yeah, no, I, and I think that's funny though, cause I think we talked about this a couple of days ago and the, and the kind of our frustration with that is, is people might just be like, oh, well they found God or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. But really, I feel like the source of that is it's not that they found God. They found the things that people need to fulfill their lives, and that's how they're replacing their, their addictions. Their addictions might come from having a hole or a gap in their lives that they didn't have and were filling with being part of that or the, 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 the nicotine stimulant, whatever that's in cigarettes or whatever drug you want to call that gives you some sort of influence. Um, but now you're, you're replacing it and you're getting involved in a community where now you're making friends, you're meeting new people. And, yeah. and that's something that I think is really what you need to replace it with. You need to replace stuff with something constructive. If it's still deconstructive or destructive, then it's not a good replacement. Yeah, there's, there's, also, there's a lot of the times multiple things that come with an addiction. So if I'm a drinker, per se, if I'm an alcoholic, if I'm going out to a bar damn near every night, and then I stop drinking. Am I going to go out to bars anymore? No. So it's almost like a um, social thing that I a void that I need to fill as well. You yeah. know, if I'm going to the bar all the time. Now half of the time or more, I might be like so drunk that I don't remember anything. But yeah. you know what I mean. Like sometimes you, you it, sometimes an addiction is so hard, like hard or so um, overwhelming that you need multiple things to 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 replace it. But other times there are a lot of things that that have to stop in your life since you're stopping something else. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, like I said, you can't be an alcoholic and continue to go to bars all the time and then yeah. just not drink. You're probably going to relapse. So, you know, you have to, you have to fill that void or maybe there's other voids that I'm missing right now, but I think that's a good point. Like that, that's why I said you, there's, there's multiple things, you know, it, it's there, there's, there's a sign. There's, there's a reason why a lot of alcoholics turn to coffee and turn to cigarettes. It's just an, another avenue and I'm not saying it's bad especially if alcohol's ruining your life you know I'm not saying cigarettes are great for you but if alcohol's ruining your life and maybe and maybe it took a point to where you got a DUI or you got your second DUI or you got fired from work and you're finally like oh my god okay something has to change um, I'm, I'm not saying if you stop drinking also don't drink coffee or smoke cigarettes or anything like that but those are just examples and those are good like examples that back your what you're saying up but the, the social aspect of it is pretty cool as well. Yeah. And yeah, I don't want to get into a religious talk right now or anything like that. That'll be down the road. But yeah, I don't think um, uh, 
people at church can take the credit like they found God or anything like that, but they, you know, they needed something. And they a found lot of community. People, yeah, exactly, community. And, you know, the 12-step the program is huge, no matter what your beliefs are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's huge. And there's a lot of positive things that can be taken out of not just religion, but religious groups like churches these days. There, there's a lot of good people in yeah. churches that just want to help other people. There really are. There's a lot of churches doing bad things too, and making you know those the more popular ones making a lot of money, but that that's beside the point. So yeah, I think that's huge, and that that connects greatly with what we were talking about earlier about how being part of something, being a real part of something, talking about real issues, it, it will fill a void that maybe you weren't even filling before with with alcohol. Like I said, if you go out and get you're getting drunk, you're not making real friends usually. Mm-hmm you're not even remembering most of it. So you might be able to, to do something. You will most likely definitely be able to do something that you're not doing before. You know, fill some some void that you haven't even, weren't even able to fill before. So you'll, you'll, you'll feel better doing this than you will otherwise. But that addiction is still there, like you said. And you could be um, addicted or you could, you could be uh, sober, you know, f- from alcohol. I know we've been talking about alcohol for the past like five minutes, but, and it only takes one night to, to relapse, even if you've been like, 10 years, which yeah. I thought that was crazy too when I was listening to it. Like, man, 10 years, really? And you still have that problem? Yeah. But it's true. It's just the same with if I am if I were 300 pounds and I lost a bunch of weight. Now, granted, I couldn't just in one night gain it all back, but I could let myself go within a month or two and just, you know, go right back up to super overweight, obese. It doesn't take, it takes a lot longer to do what's right sometimes or, or to get the right result than it does to go back on and you know gain the weight or become an alcoholic again and, and relapse or take the drug again or whatever have you. Well, going back to something you had said, where where you were talking about how um, these addictions that you you think that people aren't instantly addicted to something that they're not instantly addicted to something that it takes time to get there. I, I do realize that everybody's a little bit different, but no, I I think that when you do drugs, it's you're trying to fill a void or you're trying to you know replace it with something or something in your life is just not going well or you know it might be a peer pressure or your friends are doing it kind of thing too but yeah yeah no i i don't believe that you can just become super addicted like well, i'm talking about how they portrayed in the movies within a, a couple weeks or anything like that and, and that's been scientifically proven that you know it doesn't work like we thought it worked back in the 20s back in the 50s and, and even now a lot of people think that yeah um but my, my link there was, uh, uh, so like going back to your point about um, how, how people are, you know, they, they've spent 10 years being sober yeah. and they've gone and relapsed. And my, my thing here is that now that they've, they've been doing, having this addiction for so long, it's, it's not necessarily um, like it, it might have been replacing something in your life before, but now it's become a permanent problem. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's just a scary thought. Yeah, so I think I think it's pretty easy to concede or to understand. Um, yeah, you can, you don't just get addicted overnight. I mean that that's been proven, obviously. And sometimes you don't realize you have a problem, or sometimes you don't you don't really think about things until like way later on, like drinking. You could be a quote unquote casual drinker for five years until you realize, oh no, actually I'm an alcoholic. Mm. And then my friends and family are like, yeah, you're an alcoholic. Oh, I didn't know that. So sometimes we develop these addictions or whatever have you. And I know with drugs, it's harder to just say, oh, I'm a casual heroin addict. But <laughs> same thing, you know, we do things for a while before we realize we have a problem, if we even ever realize it mm-hmm. and want to do something about it. So it's not hard to think, yeah, addiction takes time. Those dopamine serotonin levels continuously get jacked up, you know, over time. Finally, you know, it's... Even if you're you're obese, if you're 350 pounds, that didn't take a week, right? Yeah. It took some time. Now, granted, it takes a lot. To, it's a lot more work to lose it and to keep it off than it does to gain it. But still, it takes a little bit of time. You're you're right. Um, and and to kind of go off that with drugs, you know, I, I mentioned the 1920s little science experiment they did, and they finally revamped it on in the 70s and realized that wasn't so much the case, and your life had a lot to do with it. You know, if you're unhappy, and there's a lot of reasons you could be unhappy, then you're more prone to, to resort to using drugs, to drinking alcohol, or, you know, whatever. But you're also more prone to do it in, like, a 
harmful fashion. Not saying drugs can never be non unharmful, but you know what I mean, like yeah. like where it's affecting your life mm-hmm. and you're you're starting to become and then eventually do get addicted. But you know, it, it's not hard to realize why people have these these. I don't even want to say assumptions, but just beliefs that you know drugs are horrible. I mean, look at weed. Mm-hmm. Like we knew weed wasn't bad for us. Like, like they portrayed back in the 30s oh, for yeah. a long time. And Nixon, President Nixon, like he he knew it. You know, I, I think I don't want to get into the whole Watergate scandal or any racial kind of talk right now, but he <laughs> used drugs as like a way to like target black people, hippies, all kinds of stuff. And I, there's, I'm not going to read the quote because I don't know it, but you can look it up. Um, you think things like that, oh, that's funny. We don't think that way anymore, you know. But if people, like high-influential high people, say those things and then it gets spread across the world, like there's going to be a lot of incorrect biases like embedded in our heads. And, and I mean, there's countless examples of that, you know, where we, we think one thing or we're brought up one way and then that's what, that's what it is. You know, weed is a gateway drug. If you try weed, bam, you're a heroin addict. No, that's that's not the, the truth. And I think it was before Nixon, because I think that was someone in 1968. Um, but before that, they were, and this is real life, John. They, Jonathan, I'm sorry. They were linking marijuana in the 30s to kids like going off and killing their families after taking the drugs or Nazi propaganda. Oh, my God. <laughs> you think I'm kidding, but I'm not. No, I, I don't serious. think you're kidding. I'm a video gamer. So in the 40s, the thoughts. 50s, it was proven wrong, and definitely the 60s and 70s, but they still like used things like that to, to, to get other political agendas, you know, whatever the case may be. And I'm, I'm kind of, you know, going off the rails a little bit. I want to try to stay to what we were talking yeah. about. But, um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of history there. A lot of good American history. Yeah, American history X. Anyway, uh, let's let's wrap it up. Um, so, John, I think no, I'm sorry, Jonathan. Um, I think this is like more of a self-proclaimed, uh, profound uh, um, episode we did. We hit we hit quite a bit. Um, I hope we that did. you learned a little bit listening. Um, and um, if if you had a couple like I don't know endpoints or, or main things to take away, what what would you say to put you on the spot a little bit? Okay. Well, I was just I was just thinking now like there 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 are going to be some people that you know. All these things we're talking about, going out there, you know, making connections, social connections, finding a hobby or job or whatever that, whatever these things may be, that might not work for some people. There might be some people out there that it it doesn't work for. Or it's just like way easier said than done, like we talked about. Yeah. And, you know, so maybe don't just try not to let it break you down. Try to learn how to live with it and cope with depression and anxiety and find the best methods to do that. And then maybe down the road, you, you'll just, you might have depression, you might have these things, but it's not going to be as much of a burden. Yeah, that, that's perfect. And I think we mentioned that a little bit earlier, but it's good to, to hit that again, that it's not a one size fits all. It's not an oversimplification. And there's some people out there that are very clinically depressed, clin- you know, what, whatever the case may be to where <laughs> you can't just like, hey, do these things and you'll be better within a few months. But um, I would like to say that, you know, at least give them a try. And they can't hurt, you know. Yeah. If we're telling someone, hey, you're depressed, go exercise. Try to sleep better if you can. Um, uh, eat better. Go try to socialize a little bit more, you know. It might be hard. It might be difficult. But I think those are good things to do or at least try, mm-hmm. you know. And it might not just treat um, or cure anything. But I, I can't. I can't see it not helping just at least a little bit with, yeah. with even the people in more extreme cases. Now, when I say extreme, I don't mean people in mental hospitals or anything like that. You know, the, the clear differentiation there. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's good. I think for me, it would be, uh, it's already been put, but can't hurt to say it again. Don't have a narrow outlook on such complex, complex issues. You know, we do all the time, whether we realize it or not, we have super oversimplified or like just oh yeah of course it's this way or it's this way my way's right their way's wrong and we 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 don't like to get into the complexity and the intricities of, of a lot of different like complex like issues a lot of like you know it's 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 just crazy how we how we can say it's one way or the other without even one knowing all the facts about a, a certain topic whether it be 
political or non-political, whatever. And, and two, with, with just bringing in our own intuition or whatever our feelings are about something other than, you know, the facts about it and, you know, talking generalities, not just how it's affected your life or how something has or has not affected your life, you know, that, that uh, egocentrism that we were talking about. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, and there's also different ways to look at it, like with depression, you know. Um, it's not just, oh, you're depressed, here's a pill. There are different variables, you know. Something might be lacking, you know. You might not be getting the social um, connections that you need. You might not have a, feel like you have a purpose in life. You might be just doing your nine to five and coming home and just, you know, what, what are you living for? Or, you know, it might be like a serotonin or dopamine issue or you know yeah, something hey, we, we've we've mentioned serotonin and dopamine a couple of times before give mm-hmm. me a rundown what that what, what that's all about yeah sorry for that i have mentioned it a couple of times um they're both uh neurotransmitters um and they're in, they do quite a bit you know but um serotonin if you like don't have enough of it um it can lead to depression you know a good amount you're going to be more like strong-willed you're going to be more more comfortable uh more like a leader, you know, things of that nature. That's not a definition of serotonin, but you know, those are some 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 things. If you have a little bit, or you have a lack, <clears throat> excuse me, or if you have you know a good amount, and I think there's some negatives if you have too much as well. Mm-hmm. You know, just examples. And what's crazy about these things is um, doctors, scientists, like they don't know everything, and they don't know exactly like the perfect way they they link to certain mental issue, health issues as well. They kind of just guessed and have guessed uh, and have. Um, uh, theories and things of that nature. So I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, dopamine, if you don't have enough, you know, you're getting in more of like, could cause um, ADHD. Um, it's kind of a reward uh, neurotransmitter. So like if you ever like are sitting on the couch and you're bored and you want to go do something, but you can't go do it. And you're like, man, I haven't done anything with my life. I, I want to get up, but I don't want to get up at the same time. I need to work out today or I need to do this today. But I just don't feel like, like it. You know, that can be like a, a, a dopamine uh, you know the uh, issue and we talked about it, how your dopamine levels can rise when you do things that are rewarding mm-hmm. whether it's like washing the dishes and you feel accomplished afterwards or like skydiving or you know or taking drugs and they you know things of that nature but like i said um don't have such a narrow outlook on on things that that are very complex very complicated um and uh you know just be a good person yeah that was just all political. You know, I mean that, but I didn't actually mean that. <laughs> See you next time, guys. See ya. <laughs>